Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends of Beyond the Binary, it's time for the podcaster who's, uh, like, a singular purpose, one singular sensation just to put you to sleep, uh, patrons. Thanks for helping me do that. Uh, good night. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, whether those are thoughts, or feelings, or physical sensations, your changes in time, temperature... Uh, like just stuff, you know, you probably, everybody's got stuff going on. Sometimes the stuff keeps us awake, right? Now, don't have any, here's here's something, I've talked about stuffed before, but no st- stuffed stuff in bed, like especially, here's one thing you should not have in bed with you, stuffed shells, holy moly. And that could mean, I mean, originally I was thinking of the pasta shells that are stuffed, uh, but also, if you get just stuffed, your stuffed shells like sand, like what else would you stuff shells with? Well, sand most likely. Some shells come stuffed with their own sh- or crustaceans, of course. Excuse me, uh, all the hermits of the world. Uh, you are you stuffed in there? You're more. Uh, are you wedged in there? No, you just live there. Okay, great. I'm here with the hermit crab. Uh, Actually, could I get back to you? Because I think we could probably create a metaphor for the podcast, but I got to get to the intro. Maybe later, dude. Okay. Well, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, 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 senseless dialogue, possibly, with a hermit crab. And all of it's to take your mind off stuff and help you fall asleep. If you're new, I'm glad you're here. And let me try to uh, give you a couple heads up here. Uh, this is a podcast is really silly, so that's one thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So if you're fir- if this is your first listen, see if you could uh, just passively kind of watch it go by. Almost a bit like, uh, well, I guess sometimes I've seen hermit crab races. But this would more be like uh, if you're, let's just say you're totally relaxed, you're chilling on the beach, and a hermit crab uh, is is at a safe distance, because I know that might not be everybody's thing. It's just, you know, crawling or moving around. You'd say, huh, it moved a little bit to the left. uh, And then it went back down as a shell. Was that a shell or was that, oh, there it goes. It moved two inches and then sat back down. Oh, the hermit crab's interrupting me. Oh, that's not what you do. Okay, well, it's a metaphor, thanks. Uh, uh, but just kind of consume this podcast. Uh, see if you can consume it passively. No pressure. Here's a structurally what to expect. Show starts off. This is the first uh, divergent path of the podcast. Is that the show starts off with a few minutes of business, and then it has an intro. Intros are around 12 minutes, uh, anywhere from 12 to 14 to 16 to 18 to 17 to 15 to 13, sometimes 11 minutes uh, of uh, me explaining what the podcast is. But it really is, for most listeners, a, a part of the show. Uh, so if you're new, kind of give – here's the thing. You can give the intro a few, time, shot a few times, too. You, but eventually, if it, once you find how you like to listen, some listeners skip ahead to the story about 18 minutes. Uh, some listeners start the show as they're getting ready for bed. And then a lot of people, they just listen to the intro as they wind down. Some listeners fall asleep within the fir- first few minutes. Uh, but there's no pressure. But the intro is kind of a show within a show. I guess that's my thing. Or that's what I was trying to explain. Then there's uh, some business between the intro and the show. Or the uh, yeah the story portion, and then tonight yeah it'll be a bedtime story, and at the end of the show are some thank yous. That's structurally what to expect. This is one of the few podcasts you you don't need to listen to it. Uh, you could kind of listen to it, and you, you, generally the reaction I'm shooting for is like, huh, 
Oh, hermit crab, eh? Like they say, Scoots, tell us about, you know, a lot of podcasts have exciting guests on, you know, founders, you know, explorers in space, you know, leaders of uh, uh, great movements and uh, artists, uh, groundbreak visionaries. Well, well, I had a hermit crab on. Well, kind of. The hermit crab uh, was intermittent. I had an intermittent interview with the hermit crab. Uh but so, oh, but this is the only podcast you don't need to listen to. That's what I was saying. Where you go, hmm, hermit crab, eh? That's what I was saying. Uh, like that should be, could be a reaction to the whole podcast, you say. Huh. Sleep with me, eh? Yeah, I think I fell asleep to it. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't recall. Uh, so that's, uh, uh, oh, yeah, so that's a structure show. Don't need to listen but here's the other thing. You don't need to fall. There's no pressure to fall asleep. You don't need to. You can when you do. And what I mean by that is the shows are about an hour because uh, I'll be here. So you drift off at your leisure. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off, uh, to escort you, to walk at your side, to take your mind off of stuff with my silly banter. And just in case you can't sleep, uh, I want you to know I'm going to be here till the very end, uh, putting it, putting in my time. Uh, uh, oh, wait, the hermit crab's interrupting me. Oh, you didn't have anything to add. Okay. If you have any comments, just interrupt me. Okay, I'm doing great. Wow. It's the last thing I expected a hermit crab to say to me. Oh, go ahead. Great job. Okay. Wow. There's nothing crabby or hermity about this hermit crab. That's funny. Oh. No, I, was, I mean, I'm serious. Uh, usually, I mean, I, honestly, I didn't, even when I thought uh, well, I would interview a hermit crab, I thought it would be more interesting. I was thinking more about that you live in a shell. Then, I mean, maybe the hermits, I didn't even think about the crabby stuff till you were just so nice to me. Uh, yeah. Um, but I can imagine, like, uh, you're probably used to sand. This, oh, no, sand still can bug you. Yeah, because what I was telling the listeners was no stuffed shells in bed. Yeah, exactly, right? You wouldn't want, like, whatever. Is that ricotta cheese in there? You don't know because you're a crab. Of course not. Uh, but, like, you wouldn't want any shells. Oh, they'd be more filled with sand than stuffed with sand. You're probably right about that. You're a really observant hermit crab. Comes with the territory. Yeah, I bet you have a good view because you're you you're really you really have your uh, whatever they have. Do they is there a term like nose to the ground, eye on the floor or something? Because that really makes me think of you. Well, anyway, I get I don't even know what I was telling the listeners though. Okay, that I could they could. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be here till the end if you can if, if you can't fall asleep. And the reason I make the show is because I've been there tossing and turning. And I know how it feels. And, and for me, I just want something to take my, you know, a little bit of company and a little bit of uh, redirection to say, hey, Scoots, uh, seems really frustrating. You can't sleep there. Don't even know why, huh? Wow, that's irritating. Um, anyway, I, believe it or not, uh, I could tell you a story. I've been talking to this hermit crab, and I, would, I could tell you about it uh Instead of, oh, wow, really? Will you talk to a hermit crab? Yeah, it, well, it came on the podcast that we make. Uh, but it, or will, uh, well, wait, I supposed to, I'm, so, I'm here for you. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a really nice, believe it or not, the crab was neither crabby nor hermity. Uh, yeah, it was, it was actually cool. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You are a cool crab, though. One cool crab, the hermit crab. You who what, like uh, do, do do people still get hermit crabs? Uh, yeah, they do. Do you need uh, like? Because I was just thinking, if I had a store, you, like I'd say, well, that's one cool crab, the hermit crab. Uh, come on in, Saturdays only. It's crab day. Oh, every day's crab day. Yeah, well, you'd probably rather be on the beach, huh? Yeah, so I guess I won't have a store. Um, okay. Well, I guess like that's it. So I guess we shared the same advice. Uh, I guess it's harder to work with a, a friendly character, believe it or not. You're just too, you're too, uh, you're too kind. No, you are, Crab. 
you know what would be funny is uh, here's an idea. Like, this is a thought experiment. You know, just me and you, Hermit Crab. Are you familiar with the Muppets? You are. This is great news. Great news, then. I don't know if this has ever happened on the Muppet Show, so I guess this would be fan fiction. But what if there was an episode where you came... Well, no, okay, I, I had one idea, but it already changed. Uh, what if there was an episode... This probably did happen. Uh, you're familiar with Miss Piggy and Kermit, right? Okay, great. You know, you think you know where I'm going. Well, I guess originally I was thinking, what if there was an episode where you and Miss Piggy started seeing one another? Romantically, yeah. But then I was thinking it'd be more likely that Miss Piggy would kind of hire you uh, to kind of make Kermit feel jealous, which I think has probably happened before. I just can't picture it. And then she could say, she could call you her Hermie, you know, Hermie, like Kermie. Yeah, I mean, it just, they they have, it has a ring to it. You're right, especially in Miss Piggy's voice. Uh, and that's the only, that's one of the only celebrities I do, which I can't do on the podcast is Miss Piggy, but I can only do, uh, hi ya when she karate chops. Uh, that's the only Miss Piggy I can do. That you could you can imagine I sound just like her, yeah, just like that. And then I I can say something something frog, but I can't actually say any words. But I can kind of almost get it when she says frog. Like that's my bedtime Miss Piggy voice. But that's just an idea. Anyway, I gotta get back. <laughs> I get back to the listeners. Uh, it's been great, Hermie. Her, her, uh, uh, it's just weird that I was calling you Hermie, and then there's a band Herman and Herman Hermits or something that has nothing to do with hermit crabs. Okay, well, that's great to know, too. I can move on then. So, anyway, I'm glad you're here if you're a new listener. This podcast is a bit different, uh, but it's really here to just keep you company and take your mind off stuff. A bit goofy. If you don't like it, if you've listened this long, I mean, almost every listener, and we, we've got a decent amount of listeners, uh, including a decent amount of people I hear from that have been listening since the show, like, for six years. Um, uh, but, uh, like, every listener, what I mean is, like, every listener that's a regular listener says, you got to listen to it two or three times, uh, it, like, before you decide, make a judgment on the podcast, I guess. And that's not really for my benefit, it's just for your benefit. Like, if because if it can help you, that's great. Uh, you get put to sleep, and you get some comfort. But if you this is your two, two or three tries, or right away, there are some people that right away they say this podcast isn't for me. Uh, I have some sleepwithmepodcast dot com slash no thank you, uh, and they'll have some other resources. There you go to try to help you fall asleep. Uh, so that's that's I guess that's why I'm here is. Uh, to take your mind off to keep you company and help you fall asleep. Uh, I really appreciate you coming by and checking out the show. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive. Uh, and what do you say? We keep the show uh, going. These are a couple ways we do that. All right, everybody. So tonight's episode is a crossover uh, with my friends over at Viserium. V-E-S-E-R-I-U-M. You can find uh, everything they do at Viserium.com. I'll link to it in the show notes. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, one of the members uh, at an event, uh, Patreon, uh, Patreon, uh, Ray, and I, I really like. Uh, couldn't believe the amazing work they're doing. Uh, Viserium is an electronic music duo that uh, creates a live show like you've never experienced before. It, they've created this uh, tone sculpture technology. You got to go to their YouTube page and watch some of their videos. Uh, they have, uh, they create sounds out of thin air, like, uh, their bodies and uh, like all like X, Y, and Z, all, all, uh, like, uh, it's, it's really tough to describe, uh, but they create music from thin air. I mean, like, uh, and they do this amazing show that I know sleep with me listeners would love. Also, you'll love the music. Because it's like this EDM music, but, you know, I've, I've had extensive talks with Ray, kind of coming up with ideas for the show about uh, taking EDM, like, and adding this deep, deep human element and this human connection to it. Uh, but when you go to see them live, they're wearing these suits that create the music. So when they move their fingers, their arms, their bodies, uh, that's how they're sculpting the sound. 
Three Dimensions, the suits are part of the show. Oh, yeah, Viserium is breathing a human element into EDM and pioneering a distinctly expressive sound filled with uh, bass lines and melodies. And uh, you you could learn more, but it's uh, Ray and Michael. And they kind of looked at the technology, and then they built their own. So they're not only musicians, they're makers, they're tinkerers. And if you kind of watch the YouTube videos, you kind of see, like, they they complement each other. Michael's working on the software. Ray's working on the hardware. And they combine creativity and engineering, uh, crafting sounds which have never been heard before. And as a result, uh, quoting for their website, re-engineering the DNA of electronic music. And it's really original. I mean, that's, not well, like, I don't know what I love more, that uh, Ray's just a cool, curious, really a person I connected with. And then uh, that he's making with Michael this this amazing project, amazing music. Uh, but it's very new and uh, like it's just cool. So I, that's why I'm making this episode about it is uh, that I, I just like uh, so impressed. And uh, but what was interesting is you know like it's been a while since I've been able to do this and actually do it in a passive way, which is you go out to the transverse plane and kind of see what's going on out in these other dimensions. Oh, to back up, though, they have an album on their website that you can listen to. It's an interactive album, 2045. That's kind of the inspiration for this episode. Also, Ray and Mike, or Michael, won't totally, uh, like, so I, okay, let me, if you're a new listener, you started listening the last couple of years, it's been a while since I've gone to the transverse plane. So I'll quickly try to explain that. What the transverse plane is, is uh, it's behind this bed and breakfast I used to tell bedtime stories at. Uh, and it's basically like if you go out behind, like, you know, bed and breakfast, sometimes they have the garden, they have cottages, they have a duck pond. If you go all by, they sometimes they have like hiking trails. And if you go past all that at this particular bed and breakfast, there's something called the transverse plane, which is kind of like an intersection of planes of reality and possibility. It's like we've talked about, like with the idea of the dimensions beyond three dimensions, and yeah, alternative timelines and universes and stuff uh, are out there. In this one time, you know, sometimes I, I fancy myself a little bit too fancy, and I said, "Ray, Mike, uh, I want you. To, I, w- I want to like. Uh, I have a bunch of credits because they stopped paying me at this bed and breakfast. Uh, and they, 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 you know, people that run in bed and breakfast, they're very. Um, they know what they're doing, especially if they've been doing it a while. And eventually, like when I was working there. They said, well, we don't really want you taking payment for the customers and not, no tips. Uh, and I said, okay. So they originally, were, well, usually a couple of times I stayed there. So I had to like work off that. But after I did that, I said, okay, am I going to start getting paid for entertaining your customers? And they said, sure, we could pay you this much or we could give you this much in credit, which was way more. You know, like uh, they said, we could pay you 50 bucks or we could give you uh $400 in credits for every bedtime story and also like free free tea you know tea uh finger tea, tea cucumber sandwiches and uh, breakfast and I did, what I didn't realize is I would never have the occasion to go to a bed and breakfast because going to one alone is you know except it, it's like a little bit too uh frilly to sleep in alone uh, but so anyway, not, not about me. So I said to Ray and my, I said, well, what about a little team building trip? Uh, you know, you could stay there a couple nights at the bed and breakfast. I could stay there. Then at least I have some sort of closure that I'm closing out. Uh, I'm using some of these credits I have. And of course these, they didn't really know me that well. So then I said, uh, they said, first of all, Scoots, is this really happening or is this just going on? And I said, don't worry about it. It's uh, the transverse plane. It's where fantasy and fiction and reality all blend into initially a, a realm of cotton candy that you pass through into worlds known and unknown possible and uh, what we would say is impossible but isn't. You know, cosmic stuff. And uh, I said, it'd be good for team. And they said, well, what would we do? I said, well, we'll, we'll go for, like, uh, we'll eat breakfast. We'll do, we'll, you know. 
go for walks, and you two just take some R&R time. I didn't tell them about this. So this is where things uh, got interesting, because I didn't tell them about the transverse plane. I just said, let's go for a hike. Uh, and this has never happened before. What happened? This, so this is a new story, and uh, it's a new thing that happened, uh, which is pretty cool, because you, like I've always talked about narrative voice on this show, and... You know, I get confused with that for second person, first person, third person. So this was cool. But so I took them out for the hike, but I didn't tell them about the transverse plane until we were out there uh, walking like where this uh, behind the duck pond, you go through some brambles and it's a hike and it's nice. But you get a lot of bird sounds, but then everything gets a little hazy. And then this time, normally it's not all cotton candy. But, like, all of a sudden you open up to a world where there's a, uh, it's a little bit fuzzy. This time it was kind of like a, a different shade, like a rainbow or, or a, like, whatever it's called, like a fading colors, a spectrum of colors just between in the oranges and the reds. But, like, so if you had a rainbow of just oranges and reds, and it seemed to be some sort of, uh, like baked Alaska from that I've seen in movies. I don't know if I've ever had that, uh, like on the edges as we're walking down. And they said, what's going on? I said, oh, like I was going to tell you about this. This is a transverse plane. This is where we do the team building and the mission, you know, mission questing and the focusing and and the repurposing. Because I really, like, then I also, I avoided like actual, uh, deep human personal connection telling them what a big fan i was of what they were doing until we were standing there in the middle of this uh vibrant baked alaska like teetering on you know the intersection of multiple universes and i said well i'm just a big fan of yours and i want to make sure and they said well we kind of have a, and i said well uh doesn't transverse plane doesn't work we can't really you can't uh we're, we're on a mission now and actually the transverse plane is exists with some sort of great purpose uh, where it teaches life lessons. And then they start to say, well, is it real or not? Because, uh, you know, sometimes you get your elbow scraped in a real life lesson. And I just patted them on the shoulders and we walked further. And the next thing I knew, I was actually observing them. They were like, I was now a narrator uh, observing them entering this world. And the two of them, we, we got, they kept walking. Eventually it, it stopped being a shades of orange and red baked Alaska spectrum. And they walked into, uh, and now this has never happened before either. They walked into a, not like a, I, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it, like a, a benign nothingness, I'll say, just to, because it was like, a, it was, it didn't seem, like where they were just floating. Now they were both comfortable because also I was narrating IR like IRL for them, or I guess it's not IRL because it was an alternate like uh, inter- interstices of universes, impossible timelines. But uh, like I was narrating the whole time, even for them, so it was comforting. I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back, uh, but I you know my narration can be comforting. I think uh, I think we could all agree on that. Uh, and then they, they, they started, then I, they looked at me and I realized they were kind of looking at me cause they were hearing something other than me. So then I stopped narrating, which I, you know, I don't do in the podcast except for like for punchlines. Uh, but the, because these two are musicians, I was aware of it cause I'm a podcaster. There was something sonically happening. So they weren't, another reason it was comforting was they weren't in nothingness. Uh, they were in a realm, and this was a discussion that went on between the two of them observing things as musicians. They were in a realm of pure sound, but not just pure sonic sound, uh, pure just music. Uh, and again, this is in another non for like a world. Like, uh, if you listen back when I analyzed what's beyond the fourth dimension, a lot of those are dimensions uh, that either that uh, that are just different than ours, uh, that exist. And in this dimension, the only thing that existed was uh, pure sound, pure music, 
all music. So they went back and forth. They said, Ray, did you hear that? Mike, did you, what, what is it? What is that? Uh, it, it's all the sounds and it, no, it's music. It was all the melodies and, uh, harmonies, uh, bass lines, uh, you know, there was backbeats, there was downbeats, uh, upbeat, uh, in other musical terms, I'm not even aware of piccolos, uh, for maybe not easily to pick out a piccolo. Uh, they were like, geez, like, uh, and also like, because I, I get to go out there a lot. I'm a little bit more, uh, resilient. This isn't a, a humble brag, but, uh, I do have a bit different resiliency because I've been exposed to these alternative timelines uh, both by the transverse plane and then when I made that fan fiction machine uh, powered by my ruin of Bruce Bolton. That was way back in the day. And I also used that to go into worlds of fan fiction. Like, that again, I, I, like just naturally I developed some resiliency that time happens on a diff- much different scale out there. And especially when you're in a world that... Uh, isn't like ours. Uh, that's not a, like it wasn't a construct of their analysis of the world. It was just a world where they were surrounded by pure sound. So physically giving you an embodiment of it is tough. Uh, like it was comfortable. It was like uh, they were just kind of hanging out. Uh, like, you know, those chairs that uh, no one has. Well, okay, so there's those butterfly chairs, right? Usually sometimes people have them. And then there's those butterfly chairs that have cushions on them. And usually uh, you see these more than you get to use them. But sometimes you'll go, I think I sat in one that had like cushions and it was um, corduroy. Uh, And when you sit in that, when you don't own it, I think this is like what happens. Like when you're visiting somewhere and you sit in a butterfly chair, in a butterfly chair is just uh, the style of it. Uh, it's like at a wire frame, wire metal frame, and then a bit like those chairs that people use to go sit at sporting events now that fold out, but a billion times more comfortable. Like when you're at, you're visiting somewhere and you sit in one, or you're at a store that's trying to get you, they're, they're incredibly comfortable. I don't believe I've ever owned, owned one, but my assumption is that once you own it, the comfort and the utility kind of magically vanish. But that's kind of how Ray and Mike were feeling in this, uh, like uh, to give you, if you, if you, just to give you a physical construct uh, to help you process it and to help them. I was also narrating this uh, because as they were uh, descending into a realm that had both time, like a Jeremy Barry type realm, I realized this would have so many uh, good place crossovers. But I was like saying, okay, you're just sitting, uh, chilling. And it seems like you're nothingness around you, but it's actually a comforting uh, bathwater level plasma. And you're in a, 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 well, maybe not, maybe a room, and you're sitting in it like a super comfortable butterfly chair. And then they started to talk, like Mike said, Ray, like, how long has it been? How long have we been here? How long? That question just kept echoing, echoing, echoing. And then the music was playing it back. Uh, and it became not just a question of how long had they been visiting this realm, but like of like, because uh, since they were musicians, they were kind of lost in the music. And they hadn't established any commu- like communication with any sentience uh, until just right now, like uh, it, 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 when they started to think like, because there's something about them asking that in in an inquiry way, not just interpersonally, but uh, ex. ex- uh, not existentially, but uh, directly to this universe. Uh, the universe was then be able to communicate with them. Like, like how how long? It's kind of like uh, it's not a polite question, really. Say how old are you? But if it was polite, to, I think with the universe you could probably ask it because you wouldn't understand the answer anyway. Because it's even the Big Bang. They'd say, "Well, that was like whatever." Uh, like like seventeen forty nine, I'd say okay. Um, well, that doesn't make it. Even I would say, well, that doesn't make sense because didn't Columbus sail the ocean blue, fourteen ninety two? And they say never exactly. So there they are sitting in these butterfly chairs in a world, a universe, an existence of pure music, 
and they were asking how long, but they were also subtextually asking and wondering, well, how old is it? Where are we? What, what, you know, what is this? Uh, how long has it been here? Why are we here? Uh, also, they were kind of uh, not holding hands, but every once in a while they would touch each other's forearms because they're such close friends uh, to reassure one another that they were also there present with them. And also maybe sometimes they were saying, is Scooter going to keep talking or is the universe going to communicate with us? Also, they would tap each other's shoulder when they thought something I said was funny. Uh, but then the universe started to answer those questions, kind of via music, but I'm just going to interpret it straight into bedtime story. Language that said, a long time, this, this is another world you're in. You know, you crossed over the transverse plane to Scooter, and now you're in another timeline. And they said, well, where, where, what timeline? Where are we? What year? And the universe said, I think you know what year it is, uh, it, the two of you are here for a reason. Of course you know what year it is. And at first they said 2019, and the universe said, rolled its eyes musically. And they said 2045 then. And they looked at one another. And then the universe waited, tapping its foot in music. And they said 2045, 46 probably. And the universe was very encouraged by the fact that they got that very, uh, very quickly. And they said the singularity to one another. This is something they're very interested in. And they said, yes, singularity is spread across all timelines. This is just one of the possible singularities. Uh, you in your world had a way of processing what that means. Yeah, but we're here to focus on the singular part. This universe is only musical possibility. You two just happen to be guests here, but you're the only guests we've ever had, and and you're guests we invited. Uh, and they said Scooter knew about this, and the universe said no, 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 because he would have gone if he was supposed to come this way. He would have gone the wrong way. Uh, all meaning, all everything in this universe occurs through pure music. Uh, and they kind of said back, well, this is pretty cool. We love music. We love, like, this is, we're here for a reason, huh, to enjoy it. Like, uh, and then they paused because they thought about it. They said, well, what about our world, uh, the world we're from? And the, the music spoke back, like, singularity, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, and they said, we don't need to. So in this world, every essence is music, uh, yeah, what about our world? And they said, well, uh, well, it's 2046. Uh, and they said, okay, like, uh, huh. And the music also says, it's not that cool being, they said singularity is never cool. One thing, like, uh, here we are in a world of pure music, uh, of all the music and every music and one, you know, all that, you know, philosophy, even all philosophy is music. Uh, it's not even understandable for your brains. No offense, the music said. But he said, we have no ears. Uh, can you imagine that? You're the first ears uh, to be in our world. Uh, and they, they, the, the, like, they both did the mind-blown thing. They said singularity in this universe created, you know, like, like in some sense a reverse Big Bang. I mean, a, a little bang. And again, different kind of singularity because this is a different kind of world. But uh, they said it created a world where the singular thing is music, but there's nothing. And they said, oh, boy. And uh, they said, you should listen. It makes a sound. Uh, this is like a parallel. And they said, yeah, sc scooter, uh, sc Scooter's humming. A whole, like Scooter, because I did figure out pretty quickly how like, I could communicate with them. I could narrate when when I wasn't supposed to be narrating. I could also hum, so I was recommending things to the. I said, "Well, you should listen to it. it makes a sound podcast. You should check out their but uh, the, the, not important. I guess I'm getting distracted." So the universe then said, "We we need your help," uh, and they said, "To bring you ears uh, to hear, we've got our ears. You want more ears on your universe of music." Are you going to send us back uh, to bring people to listen to you? 
And the universe said, no, no, that, that would be nice, uh, but that wouldn't change anything. Uh, and then, they, like, I, I actually asked this. I said, well, is there a universe where there's only ears? Uh, and they said, well, ears are a construct of many different things. And I said, well, music. And then they said, Scoots, let, let us stick to narrating. You're a disembodied narrator. And the universe said, no, 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 we need you to uh, uh, sh- shift things. This was... Uh, this is, was a singular, like, across all timelines, uh, so we need you to go back uh, to whatever, uh, the, and then the music. This was an interesting question for singular music to ask. So what do you call, what are you guys going to call the time after the aughts anyway? We need you to go back to that decade, the post-aughts decade, whatever it's going to be called. And I said, well, maybe you should listen to my brother. I started humming about my brother and my brother and me. I said, go listen to that for an answer. Uh, they said, you, you're here for a reason. You two are the sound shapers. Uh, maybe you could, you know, they said, we've been singing to one another. And, you know, and I said, well, uh, I said, okay, well, that's not overanalyzed. That. But they said, uh, if we can send you back uh, to shape the sound, uh, to continue your vision, you already had the vision. We just need to empower you to carry it out. Uh, uh, but they said, but unfortunately, the timelines have also gone backwards. So we have to send you back to your time. Uh, they, they said, you'll see when you get there, but you are the sound shapers. Uh, like you have to go back and shape the sound uh, forward and backward. And they said to to, to, to get, get get ears back here to listen to you. And they said, no, 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 save all timelines. Scoots, also don't speak for Ray and Mike. Uh, and they, they said, actually, we're sound sculptors. Uh, it's a little bit different than shaping, but we do some sound shaping too. And they said, how do, how do we get back there? But these two, Ray and Mike, they're so swift. They said, oh, wait a second, uh, we have to, we have to get back. The music is just existing here. The music is just existing here. So then they got out of their butterfly chairs and they started to like, uh, kind of move around one, one another, uh, like kind of cats, uh, prowling a floor, uh, kind of looking for the right place to lie down or to sit down or to give it a bath. Then they started to move their bodies through the air, and they could sense now uh, that there was this uh, physical, you know, they were in a world of all music. Uh, it, it, like, just that awareness empowered them. And then they looked at, they started having fun instantly. They knew this was a big mission, uh, but they started to, like, this was their wheelhouse. Uh, and they said, what do you think? Uh, how, how do we go back? And uh, they said, uh, Mike or Ray said, chronograph. And they started weaving these uh, uh, gears and mechanisms. And we started here ticking and bass lines. And they were shaping a sound uh, in a way that was like a pure sound. Then they started spinning it in reverse. Uh, and they were still shaping it and designing it and adding things and adding sounds. You could hear the different gears turning, the springs clicking, and and even the sounds of, like, a slight metal stress in a good way. And they're moving their hands and their fingers and their elbows, uh, even their knees, like, when you have to hold, you know, when, like, because I guess I wasn't doing anything because I was disembodied. Like, they, you know, they'd be holding one thing with their knee, you know, like, uh, they're shaping sounds and sculpting it. And the next thing they knew, the time started to shift and, and the world started to shift. And uh, soon they were in another world. Uh, and, you know, this is pretty t- typical for these tales. They, like, started to see themselves on a on a green hill, a peak of a green hill, as they, like, it was time and things started to solidify, which at first for them was a little, took a few minutes to get used to. Like, they had... Uh, they're surrounded by a physical form, just like in our world. Uh, but our, it wasn't, it didn't look like our world. It did look like our world, but a version of it they were unfamiliar with. Uh, 
for there was like a green hill, there was trees, there was air, uh, there was uh, sounds, but also the sky was full of data, like uh, da- data clouds and da- like, uh, so it was like a bit of a like mashup of our world and some sort of matrix digital world. And uh, they said, oh boy. And they said, well, what year is it? And then they looked on the coronagraph uh, time machine and it said 2019. And they said, huh. And it was a little bit dark because the sky was kind of full of data uh, against a kind of blank screen. Uh, and it was in uh, kind of dark mode. So uh, it was the sky was dark. The data was uh, light but moving and, and, you know, brightness was right turned down a bit. Next thing I saw was a little spark moving towards them, flying. Uh, and as it got closer, they realized it was like a firefly. And it started to fly around them, and, and they were, they started to just feel more comfortable. They, they said, okay, well, yeah, we're here to help. Uh, and the firefly said, I'm here to help you. And they said, is this our world, the world we came from, before Scooter took us for a hike and a bed and breakfast? Uh we're supposed to be team building. Is this a dream? And uh, the firefly said, no dream of mine. But yeah, this is 2019, even though it doesn't look anything like it. This is your world. This is your timeline. And uh, Mike said, this kind of feels like a, a realm of like iceberg salad. And yeah, the, the, the firefly said, yeah, world is progressing towards a vanilla, a singularity of vanilla, not the flavor of vanilla. But you know what I mean. Even the music, uh, and they started to hear it, like just because they're musicians and they're attuned to it and they could read the data in the sky. They could see that most of the music, and then they started to even look at the tones of color around them, were all very neutral and uh, generic, not generic, yeah, well, generic in a, in a broad sense. Does that mean the same thing? Everything was dull. And the firefly told him, yeah, now everything has to serve a distinct purpose. It was a tight uh, a niche, you know, arts have been relegated to. And, and uh, but the firefly said, there's not much time. Uh, you know, we have to go. And uh, the firefly said, I brought your suits uh, uh, with something from, uh, like, uh, your friends in music, like uh, original suits, original software. Uh, but, you know, I know you were 2.0, and now we're 2.0.1 uh, plus. Uh, and the firefly started to spin around them. And, and this was fun because, like, when you know, when uh, sprite-like characters spin around you, you get the giggles, uh, especially when they're trailing, you know, magical dust behind them as this firefly was. And so they were saying googly, googly, goo, and they started to um uh, their suits started to appear in them, and they started to kind of feel as they should have heroic and and, and purpose driven, though they didn't know. And they said, "What's next?" And the firefly said, "You you must hurry." And they looked off, and and two hills away was a mountain, as these tales are known to have. And on the top of the mountain was where the data was streaming out of a castle. And they said, "Are those server towers?" And uh, the, the fireflies, yeah, the only thing they can, the, like the, the, the data storm is also self-cooling. So it has a lot of water moisture. And that's what cools the servers that keep this. And they said, what kind of singularity is this? And it said, a singularity in development. You have to, uh, and then it's, the firefly said, oh, no, I must go. Uh, and so must you. And then they heard the call, uh, the yelping of puppies, uh, puppy poos, also known as, uh, 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 well, uh, what's, uh, you know, the kind of, um, you know, the snows from Game of Thrones, their pets, uh, uh, wolfies, uh, we call them. And they heard that, uh, and they looked at one another, and they wondered, uh, they said, okay, that's got to be driven by the data, you know, the castle and the data center. And uh, they wondered, and then they started to go, but they said, well, what do we do? Uh, and then they saw the puppies coming, and they both were uh, 
they said we can't be licked by puppies because of our suits. Uh, it may, you know, Ray put a lot of work into this. It could interrupt the, the USB hubs. And then Mike said, well, it could, could mess up the software connection. So I said, Ray, uh, hold off the puppies from kissing us. Uh, and I'll, I'll create a, con- I'll sculpt a conveyance out of sound. And so first Ray went to work kind of creating a different sound puppy toys, which is probably like, you know, I've seen a lot of cute things on this podcast and a lot of uh, characters making, you know, dealing with these kind of uh, C-O-N-F-L-I-C-T's in, in, in creative ways. But these two young men are very creative. So Ray kind of formed a, first he like formed balls with jingling things in them, then hopping uh, things that made like the dog squeak, squeaky squeakers. Uh, then he was creating like, it, it was just all sorts of things. Then he was creating uh, more bar- puppy barking, yelping in the background, puppy snoring. So some puppies were falling asleep. Uh, some puppies were like chasing toys. Some puppies were trying to find these uh, disappear. Then Ray was making the squeakers disappear. Uh, some puppies were being called, uh, and then he, he even had it so, like, somehow he shaped the sound so it would pet the puppies. Uh, and I said, that's some powerful auditory power. So very quickly, the wolfy poos were dealt with. And then Mike, uh, he was trying to, he said, what's the, and then he just created giant, um, what are those called? Notes. And they hopped on these notes, uh. But then the notes quickly became sentient because he poured so much work into it. So it was like a bit like a musical note and also like a seahorse, uh, but they could fly. So it was like a floating musical note, which is kind of like a, you know, you just climb on the back of it, put your arms around the neck. You know, just, I don't know if those are half notes, uh, uh, but, you know, you know, you can picture it in your head. And so they hopped off, and they said, we got to get past the walled garden and into the data center. And then on the way there, they started to say, well, what are we going to do when we get there? Uh, what is it we need? Like they said, we don't have a plan. And they both said, scooter. Uh, and uh, then Mike said, let's take it up into the sky. So as they were flying, they got into the data clouds, uh, and they started to analyze that, and they said, this is also musical data, too. Like, uh, there's something at work here, like, a bit beyond our comprehension, but let's figure out what we should do. And Ken Ray said, well, if the music and the tones of this world are dull, uh, and they said, okay, like, yeah, what's streaming out, uh, especially over these airwaves, the, the free ones, uh, freely streaming, uh, is uh, it's it's not all uh, it's kind of all like you know b- 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 like saltine crackers, and yeah, they said singular, singular, like uh, or becoming singular, and they looked at one another and they said it's got to be a heist. We've got to go into the data center somewhere. They must be hiding the great diversity of. Uh, music and, and colors and and of humanity uh, we've got to unlock that and, and and show it to the world one more time so they know uh, that uh, that, that while well, singularity originally made one thing it could also mean one thing and they kind of looked at me because he said scooter do you even and i said well i realize it has a like another and i said yeah this is a they said to keep up the good work guys keep riding those notes you're doing great get back to that heist you two uh promethei and they said we like that uh and they used their suits and then people started to notice them the world was still in, inhabited with human beings it was a bit like that Apple commercial back in like nineteen the nineteen eighty like people just b- d- dressed doll you know b- world of not boring like this podcast uh, unitary and so they really flew towards this the, the uh, data center and they said the the best kind of heist is a uh, sneaky kind uh, we got to get in there. Uh, 
And they said, what are we going to do? And they said, well, it's just software or hardware. We'll, we'll split it up. Uh, and Ray said, you, you, uh, you get in through the software. I'll, I'll create, I'll do a hardware move, uh, and create a distraction so you can get in to the data center and find what we're looking for. And, uh, they, so they split up and, and Ray went to the front of the castle. Mike went around and kind of waited, you know, and there were, there was things guarding the castle data center, uh, that they were aware of, uh, and uh, what Ray did is Ray just walked right up and knocked on the door. And, uh, the, again, you started seeing this, like, the, the door had something to look at. I said, yeah, what do you, like, uh, you know, do- doorkeeper or whatever. Oh, like C-3PO in the Jedi movie. Oh, no, wait, that was somebody else. But imagine, if C- like, someone like that, they say, what, what, what are you here for? And Ray said, I'm here for the, the opening, the jester position that's open, uh, to talk to the royal, fa- to perform for the royal family. And the thing said, basically, this doesn't compute. Uh, and uh, Ray started using the Ray's suit, uh, uh, which has these powers to sculpt sound and make funny stuff and, like, uh, you know, juggle stuff and, uh, like, have stuff spill on, you know, like, uh, pretend to raise a waiter and carry it. And it was, even these robots were cracking up. Uh, and then Ray did a, n- another more straightforward performance that was also like with, uh, where Ray was doing a little EDM in performance. Oh, no, no, that's these kind of things are banned. And they said, of course, for the regular people, Ray said, uh, but for the royal family, who, who your great leader, I've heard so many things about, uh, wise, uh, the wisest of wise, uh, so wizened and wise, uh, they, we don't have to follow the rules of the people. Of course, we all know that. And the robots, you know, looked at one another, of course, knowing that, uh, yeah. And they said, okay, come on in. We weren't aware of the opening of a position, uh, but that would make sense since you're not supposed to be here, but you are. And, uh, like, uh, they let Ray in. And then, uh, like, uh, one thing that the robots don't realize is that, uh, because Ray was in hardware, but also music, is that uh, Ray can also sculpt uh, the power of sympathetic vibrations. So once the door was shut behind, Ray started this uh, sympathetic vibration that basically kind of like, detect, you know, that unscrewed everything on these robots, uh, like a slave vibration. And uh, Mike's up there, sees a kind of the, 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 like a... Other guards are saying, huh, what's going on? And then the, the guards, the other guards or keeper eyes or whatever, they start to kind of uh, fall apart because of the sympathetic vibration spreading throughout the castle. And it's just a sympathetic vibration to, to disassemble things, uh, nothing major. Uh, and so Mike went and tapped into the data center. But at the same time, Ray went to the royal hall. Uh, wise one, I'm here for an audience, and, and, and there Ray stood at the base of this giant server tower, uh, air cool, you know, air and water cooled by water vapor in the air. And uh, uh, the data center was, uh, oh, you got past my minions. Uh, I see you're here uh, to, to, you know, I'm the singularity. And uh, Ray said, one singular sensation. And they said, what is Scoots throw that in there? And Ray said, yeah. And uh, uh, as Mike was tapping in and Mike was uh, in the back and Ray had the attention of the server, went on a long exposition. Like, uh, Ray said, I'm here for the gesture job. Actually, I'm still here for that Uh I don't think you want, I don't think you realize what a singularity would happen. I don't know what singularity is happening in this timeline, but it seems to be some sort of singularity of vision. And we've seen other places, uh, and that doesn't work. A singular, singular vision, uh, like, uh, and then Ray started to show the server using Ray's power of, uh, intuition, gut, and imagination, 
Ray actually performed an entire EDM-based musical without lyrics, only uh, dancing and things, of what this server could expect in a world uh, if its uh, singular vision was carried out. And it became a singular source of intelligence and, and, and sentience and, and that nothing else, uh, you know, no other viewpoints or diversity of uh, existences could could exist. Uh, and mostly it just had the server's attention while Mike's in there, like, taking all the, like, it says, okay, you know, funky beats, download them. Uh, hi-hat hits, this, love, hope, uh generosity, compassion, those were also in there. Not just, this wasn't just a music thing. It was uh, everything we hold dear, learning something new, uh, hearing someone's true experiences that you've never experienced and yet connecting with them deeply. There was a part of the server dedicated to that, and uh, not only was the mic downloading it, Mike was streaming it right back into the data cloud. And it was creating its own storm. And also, uh, the, as this giant server started to kind of uh, look at stuff, uh, it, it started to heat up. And because this storm was kind of absor- absorbing some of the water vapor that Mike was creating uh, and absorbing it into sound, sound whatever, uh, real clouds, not sound clouds, sound data clouds, uh, the server started to overheat, uh, but Ray kept performing. And then Ray was just do, doing, you know, after that, Ray was just improving, And Mike w- 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 had already started the process. I mean, once you put, fill a cloud with funky beats uh, based in uh, empathy and compassion and, uh, like, uh, love and hope and, and, you know, imperfection. It was an imperfect cloud, uh, which is wonderful. It started, they started to spread across the world and started raining a data and funky beats down, uh, but a data that changed the world from plain uh, and washed away what the server had been trying to achieve. And right as the server was kind of reaching max load due, due to like uh, no longer being water vapor or air breeze to cool it, everyone in the world, the server... And then Mike came, found, found Ray, started to have this awakening. Uh, and everywhere where the data and the water was washing over, it started to awaken to just say, hey, let's just stay curious. Like, uh, just like these two roommates, and they started to kind of notice, uh, again, because they, like, they had had some resiliency because they had traveled into other worlds. But they started to notice the world changing. But what was really important to them was that they were at one another's sides. Uh, they said, yeah, we were college roommates. Uh, and it was this curiosity and our love of music, but wondering, why doesn't someone do, why Why can't you make uh, music in the air? Why isn't there a depth to it? Uh, why isn't there this cool technological layer to it that also adds this, human layer to it at the same time and also kind of thinks about song and music uh, across the time like starting with those tribal drums and this like each each individual in this universe was having its own awakening and again then it became another small bang going forth now at the same time uh, Ray and Mike kind of started to notice uh, that the world they were in was drifting away. And my narration was kind of becoming more focused. And then soon they saw that I was standing there with them. And we're actually caught in a real rainstorm, kind of standing. Well, the uh, baked Alaska was washing away from them. I said, come on, let's go back inside. And they said, believe it or not, this bed and breakfast has a hot cocoa cabin just are having hot cocoa, which is like it has a fireplace too. And we went in there and uh, we sat down by the fire and they recounted their tale to me, even, you know, like uh, in their own eyes, in their own experience. And they said, we've always thought about like uh, changing what singularity could be, making it a positive thing. 
And I said, see, this is what kind of, you see the kind of level of team building I accidentally inspired. Uh, I'm so proud of the two of you. So inspired by the two of you. You know, they needed to drag you to an alternative universe. But I said, you two really are heroes. Like in this world, you might just feel like you're hustling and creating and your journey's starting out. But uh, in other timelines, you're heroes. Uh, so I want you two to keep at it, keep up the amazing work. And I want everybody else uh, to check out Viserium or go see them when they're on tour and have your own awakening or start your own thing. Uh, creating your own thing. Uh, thank you. Also, I, I said, sorry about that. Uh, I didn't think, I thought we were just going to go into the transverse plane. I didn't realize we'd be going to layers of alternative timelines. But uh, uh, I said, they had fallen. I said, thanks and good night, guys.